0: Welcome to Faith and Table pastoral podcast that discusses common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. My name is Matt Miller.
1: And I'm Matt Henry. And we're going to discuss another spiritual motivator, one of gratitude. And that's a good one for us today because this is our third podcast we've uh, recorded. And frankly, my attitude is getting bad. So regardless, we give thanks. <laughs> we do give thanks. Um, and we are thankful for actually what we'll, The fact that we can do this. Um, So we want to discuss another way Christians can help themselves and others in pursuing that faithful walk in Jesus Christ. And so this series is designed to give you various biblical concepts that are designed in themselves to help you grow spiritually. And if you're like many, your spiritual life is one of fits and starts. Uh, You start going really well with the best of intentions and then life takes over and you begin to slide a little here and a little there. Eventually you find yourself in a time of actual spiritual depression or discouragement or even flat out rebellion. Uh, very seldom will you find a person who is in deep, life um, life dominating sin who will tell you that it happened overnight. <coughs> Excuse me, it, in, in fact, what it really was, was a gradual process process made up of a hundred or so seemingly innocent, neutral choices and decisions. In fact, we hear it all the time, Matt and I, uh, from people. They come, they ask for counsel, or we talk to them about a decision they're leaning toward, and we actually counsel against it. And over and over again, their question back is, well, what's wrong with it? And when we hear that, we already know at that point that they're likely not really open to counsel because their decision-making grid is based on a whole different standard than what we are suggesting. Because the proper question should be, what's right about it? Or to frame it a little bit better, how is this decision honoring or loving God? It's very easy for us to say that doing such and such is not unloving toward God or our neighbor, but it's a lot harder to say how doing such and such is actually loving God or our neighbor. Do it one way for a hundred small life decisions, and you will find great spiritual peril. You do it in the other way for a hundred small decisions, and you know what you'll find? You'll find yourself walking in wisdom and grace
0: yeah. So with that in mind, we want to give you uh, one of those little disciplines that will help motivate you to grow in Christ if you actively pursue it on a consistent basis, and that is uh, a life of gratitude. Um, so get into a room with most anyone for a period of time, and you will hear, begin to hear complaining, uh, fault-finding, uh, grumbling is just a way of life for many, and it should not be the norm for Christians, however. Uh, and so learning to have a thankful heart is a skill, um, but it's a skill that is worth learning. If you were raised in an ungrateful house, then, uh, then you're one perhaps you will need to work harder at this so that you can begin to create an atmosphere of gratitude that your children and grandchildren uh, can begin to breathe in, so to speak. Um, and when we think about gratitude, we should approach it with two perspectives. Uh, the first one is we should approach it with a Godword perspective, and then the second one toward one another. So first of all, uh, Godward gratitude. Uh, Thanksgiving should be the norm for any Christian because uh, the saving and the sustaining work of God in their life. So... Y- you think? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to help.
1: <laughs> he literally upholds me in his right hand. Huh. Oh. Well, I still have an earache and
0: I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, So, 2 Samuel 2250, uh, David says these words. He says, Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the nations, and I will sing praises to your name. Uh, Now, David wrote that song after he saw how God had delivered him from the hand of Saul, uh, if you understand the context. Uh, And that was a physical, literal deliverance. Um, And and so, the question is, is how much more thankful then uh, should we be due to the deliverance from sin and eternal death. Um, Notice, however, that this gratitude is not some private event where David is just sort of mumbling it under his breath um, and just giving a quick word of thanks. Rather, it's very public. Uh, He will do this, as he says, among the nations, uh, and it will be done through singing. Um, So we would say, make it your habit to publicly give thanks to God. Um, And as an aside, uh, when you're feeling low and discouraged, Um, it is not a wise (laughs) thing to go and start playing dreary uh, sort of sad songs that will just feed your sorrow uh, or your discontentment. Uh, Rather, we would say what you should do is sing solid God-exalting songs of praise. Um, Sing them loudly, sing them consistently. And because what you're doing is you're seeking to draw your heart away from the temptation of that bitterness um, and into a sweet speech, uh, and a contented countenance.
1: Yeah. Uh, on Christ the solid rock I stand, right? You you need a song like that. Yeah. Um, not some emo or, I don't know, what. I don't even know if that's, are emo ones sad, whiny?
0: Yeah. Do you even is. know what,
1: a, I mean, I, when you were in your band, it was somewhat garage, grunge thing?
0: No, it was like a, it's like mid-2000s metal. <laughs>
1: And he will offer you a free CD if you ask him. I have a whole stack in my office. (laughs) Of his early years. (laughs) Anyhow. All right. Another Psalm. Uh, Psalm 57, 9 through 11. uh, David again writes, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. Very similar to the Samuel passage. For your loving kindness is great to the heavens and your truth to the clouds, be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be above all the earth. Gratitude actually can take on an evangelistic flavor to it if you actually learn to practice it properly. It's common, perhaps, for you to give thanks to God in your private prayers or just in your own mind, right? Uh, but David asserts here that he will give thanks to God among the people, and not just the people but the, uh, of God, but among the nations, the Gentiles. For what? Well, two things. His chesed, his loving kindness, his covenant faithful love, or as the New Testament would translate it, his grace. It's that outpouring of grace in the life of a believer, and it's a powerful means to give thanks. But we need to learn to make this a public event. And verse 11 actually makes the goal clear. In giving thanks in a public manner, we actually exalt God. We verbally display his glory. His truth. Uh, the second thing he gives thanks for is uh, his truth or faithfulness. Now, the parallelism here makes these two items similar and overlapping of his uh, loving kindness and his truth or faithfulness. God's grace toward his people is actually bound up in his faithfulness to his word. He keeps his promises. He's not a fickle God who changes on a whim, nor is he a God who hides his real intentions in lies. And so when we choose timidity or fear to motivate us, we end up in all sorts of trouble. And it's our own doing. We are afraid to speak forth what we claim is the ultimate truth. What we are doing is we hide our love through fear. We don't want to get in trouble at work or lose a friend. So we hide our love, though we inwardly claim that God is our greatest love. And so we ask you right now, when did you last publicly give thanks to God? Not for a raise, uh, not for just a physical blessing, but simply because of his grace that he shows you daily.
0: Yeah, now this, this Godward gratitude is uh, a means also to endure well in times of stress and hardship. Uh, so Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, uh, that famous passage, uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and the peace of god which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus uh the command there is quite blunt uh he just says stop being anxious (laughs) um that's not hard to understand um but it, it can be hard to practice um especially if you don't keep reading and understanding the the passage, Uh, an anxious heart is a person who fears something more than they fear God, simply put. Um, And as brutal as that sounds, it's true. Um, Going back to that, uh, the prior point in Psalm 57, we publicly give thanks to God because he is faithful and true. Uh, But when we are captured in fear, it means that we think that we've somehow been abandoned. Um, We forget his promises or we forget that he is faithful his promises. Um, Of course, it could also be that we have no clue what he promises, and so we're led astray by vile teachers who point us to just false paths. Um, But Paul simply says, be anxious for nothing. And the antidote is, notice, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Um, Anxious moments are nothing more than Prayer opportunities, if you think about it, uh, anxious moments are moments of grace where God shows you that you are weak, um, he shows you where you are nothing quite what you thought you were, um, and so what should you do? Should you despair? Should you freeze? Should you violently react? Um, well, Paul would said would say, no. It's just an opportunity for you to now pray. Um, but notice how you pray. He says it's a very important qualifier. It's with thanksgiving. Um, many a prayer is perhaps unheard because it comes without gratitude. Uh, In fact, if you take something that tends to fill you with anxiety and invest time in writing down all the ways that you can give thanks to God for it, uh, you might be surprised. But one thing that we can tell you is that giving thanks to God is a simple, effective way to keep pressing onward in your walk. Um, And so it is no surprise that Paul describes the unbelieving Gentiles as people who do not honor God as being god or give thanks uh that's a brutal brutal one isn't yeah. it because you think about the unbeliever it's yeah of course they are not one who acknowledges god as god um but then also nor does he give thanks right um and, and
1: which makes a, a thankless christian all the more horrible <laughs> right it's y- like y- that's yeah. an oxymoron right yeah you're you're a Functional atheist. Yes. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's brutal,
0: but you, yeah. you hit it out of the park with that. Yep. Um and in in verse 21 of Romans 1, he says, and that is the very reason then for why his wrath is flowing outward from heaven. Um, why would we want to be marked out by having a heart that does not practice thanksgiving to God. Yeah, it's the
1: very thing that's bringing God's wrath. Yeah. Um, Now, there's a second way that gratitude helps motivate you, and it's that gratitude towards others. Now, this may be a bit obvious, but we have pastored long enough to know that bitterness is a common poison in churches. It's strange how we find people embittered because of their labors, and, and and that their labors are not being recognized enough in the church. But then when we turn around and ask them, could they name three p- people that they thanked in person over the last week or two, they actually come up empty. So, it's all about me. Nobody ever thanks me for the work I do, and yet they themselves do not practice gratitude toward the many people also serving in the church. A heart of gratitude is an outward facing attitude. Um, you're focusing on God and you're focusing on others. In other words, you're not the point of the story. In uh, Romans 16, Paul commends uh, Prissa or Priscilla and Aquila to the church in Rome. They, they risk their lives for his sake, and therefore Paul is filled with thanksgiving for them, but he takes the time to publicly Thank them for that. Uh, the normal way, in fact, that Paul talks about being when the normal way that Paul talks about being thankful for others, however, is how he thanks God for people. He recognizes that these individuals are actually gifts from God, but this does not mean that he's not thankful for the person as well. By publicly declaring how he thanks God, he is also showing his gratitude for these people. So back in Romans 16, hear how he speaks about some people. He talks about a Mary who worked hard for the church in Rome, but they likely had no idea because she was doing that elsewhere, but she was laboring on behalf of the Roman church. So he lets them know that I'm thankful for God, for Mary. Uh, Several men and women who were fellow workers and beloved by Paul are mentioned by name. He uses many different terms, but they all communicate the same thing. He's thankful for these people. He's thankful for the Colossian believers uh, and their faith and maturity. He's thankful for the Thessalonian believers and their love and faith and hope. Now, we could go on, but the point is simple and it's also very clear. Paul was a man who made it a point, to give thanks.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, we have a standard practice in our church um, to have a person who's bitter or angry with another person in the church um, to help them overcome that sinful spirit. Uh, What we'll do is we'll simply tell them that for the next week, they are to commit themselves to privately thanking God for his work in that person's life, Hmm. uh, which is not easy, Um, Yeah, they usually look a little like, are you kidding me? I hate this person. Yeah,
1: yeah. that's the problem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so you you have to then look for those evidences of grace in them, right? Um, So what do you do you're thanking God for how that person serves? You're thanking God for just who that person is. Um, And you're not allowed to complain in that prayer. The only thing that you're to do is just to simply give thanks. And then they are to come back and report now what that experience was like. Um, and often that person is struck by how their view of that person has actually changed. Um, and then we'll have them, second step, purposely engage the person and do nothing but inquire about that person's life. Um, they're to actively look to praise them, to thank them, encourage them. Uh, and and as that happens, we find that hearts begin to change. Yeah, It's hard to... Hard to hate a person that you're thanking God for, right? Right.
1: It's hard to um, glare at a person when you're actively seeking them out before the service or after the service and just saying, so how's your day going? Um, I remember doing that with one person, and I just said, you are not allowed to talk about you at all. Your entire conversation will be about what's going on in their life, how can you pray for them, give them words of encouragement, thank them and it's amazing how that changes your heart uh, because you get off of
0: you Mm -hmm. Uh, good practice for marriage too yes um so just to wrap it up um so now let us ask you are you a person of gratitude is thanksgiving a habit of yours Uh, begin today to give thanks thank god for His many provisions even for his trials even for his corrections practice thankfulness toward others, make it a rule to, to thank a person at your church every single week, and not just, hey, thanks, <laughs> right? Um, rather, actually tell them why, list it out, um, tell them why you're thankful. A Christian should be the most thankful person of all. And as you learn to practice that discipline, and it is a discipline, you'll find that it, it, it does become a true motivator of your own spiritual growth. So we have a few more of these to do uh, as we have time and we do hope that these sorts of episodes are of genuine help to you. Uh, But until then, make sure to tune in, join the conversation. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the idea of gratitude. Uh, And don't forget to like, share, comment, rate, and review. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And tell a friend.